It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder game against the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to talk about SGA's injury. We're going to talk about the latest trade deadline rumors regards with the Thunder. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, brought to you by our good friends over at Locker Room, which I'll be on Locker Room live this morning, Thursday morning, March 25th at 11.15 Central Standard Time. And we'll talk trade deadline rumors. We're going to talk all that good stuff on Locker Room. Download the app and join me again tomorrow at 11.15 a.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. So the interesting part of this game actually happened at the 12.30 injury report and not at tip-off. The most interesting development from this last day is SGA's injury. And this was not included on the 7.30 injury report last night, but it was included at the 12.30 mark. And then in the pregame press conference, Mark talked to us about this injury. And I, I want to go ahead and play this entire thing. Everything is left in for this entire interaction with SGA, about SGA from the pregame availability. I think it'll help us answer all the questions you have that you've been sending me on Twitter about this injury. And typically, I don't play all these clips of, of the press conferences if you're new to the show and have listened to the last two shows where I have done this, but I just felt like these clips are interesting to hear about. So I want to play it right now. This is the entire interaction about SGA and his injury with Mark and those of us in the media. Mark, is that anything long-term with Shea or is there any other update you can tell us about him? Um, I don't want to use long-term cause it's vague, but it's not day to day. It's going to be a more significant amount of time than day to day. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's this one is a is an injury that we need to now take a look at, um, you know. And to be honest with you, the other ones were maintenance. We were upfront about that, obviously. But um, this is kind of you know as we were going through, you know, doing some maintenance sitouts. Um, obviously, resting Horford more aggressively. This is what we were trying to avoid. You know, we we have a lot of information from the first half. You got to remember, like. In Shea's case, Lou's case, those guys, you know, did the bubble. They had a short offseason coming into this year. They have a condensed schedule this year. 
we are going to have a short off season coming out of this year. They're probably going to have heavy summers with other events they have going on. And so, um, you know, obviously when we've got a guy out for maintenance or for rest, uh, it's easy to be in the moment and wonder, you know, why we're doing that. But I think this makes it very tangible. Like we were, we were trying to avoid this and obviously we didn't on this particular case, but this is why we're being so cautious. Cause if you just look at the information objectively, there's kind of red flags all over the place. Um, and that's why we've tried to be really diligent with that that's why we'll continue to be diligent um, with that. But that, you know, Shay's Shay's out tonight and we'll be out here for a period of time. Is that something that he aggravated in, in the last game or is it just sort of like the, the buildup of it? When, when it, I, I know that's a tricky injury, but um, can you pinpoint it? I, it's, it sounds like it's a little bit, a little bit more cumulative. I don't think it's something that like happened on a particular play. I think, you know, it was, like I said, he's a higher minute player. Um, that's, that's, you know, tracked a lot of miles, you know, so far this season after a short off season. Um, and so we think that that's something that was a little bit cumulated, cumulative, um, and that kind of added up and got to this point. Um, and to be honest with you, like, I just found out about it you know, later today, like, I think he walked in this morning, uh, and, and that's when we started to kind of unpack it. So I don't have a ton of detail on it, to be honest with you. Um, it's happened pretty quickly today in terms of new information. I can, I'll have more and I'll get it to you guys when, when I have it, but, uh, it's certainly, it's something that we can say, you know, is, is a cumulative injury. Um, and, you know, again, I'll tie it back to kind of the, the stance we've taken, with a lot of this stuff, it can sometimes seem like it's overcautious or whatever, but this is, is exactly what we're trying to avoid, you know, and we're going to continue to be diligent with the whole roster for that reason. So the first reaction of this injury being put on the injury report from a lot of fans and even some media members was, you know, is this real? Is this a legitimate injury? Well, given what Mark just said there, the tone that he used, I think it's safe to say this is a legitimate injury and what they've been trying to avoid with SGA and other players this entire time. And I've been one to question why does a 22 year old need load management? And here's the answer, right? It was not just about what's happening on the floor, what's happening within SGA's body. Uh, so this is absolutely a significant and a real injury. Now, will it have a long lasting effect on his ability to play the game of basketball at a high level moving forward? I don't think so. I think it's just something that you have to rest with and, and that you, recover from by only resting, but I'm not a doctor. I don't know that for sure. I'm just speculating here based on what I've seen, the limited time I've seen on this specific injury. What does this mean moving forward though? Is SGA season done? What's happening here? I think that with what Mark said about the significant time, if that extends three, four weeks as Darius Basley's has, right? And with Basley, he said that he was week to week and not just, and not just a blanket statement of significant time. Granted, right? He didn't say that until about the fourth or fifth time, you know, fourth or fifth game that, that Baisley missed whenever he had more information. He said right to us there that he doesn't have all the information needed to make that assessment right now on what the actual timetable can be for Shea. And Mark has been incredible with the media this year. I mean, he's been awesome with us telling us exactly what he knows, when he knows it, and not hiding too much information from anyone. He's been exceptional at that, one of the best coaches in the NBA at that. So I, I do believe that he doesn't know any everything right now. He, he just knows some things right now. But what does significant time mean? That's the first thing to figure out. So if this is like a one-month, two-month type of thing, well, at that point, you're running out of time, and you want to, and you don't want to rush Shea back, and you want to just go ahead and say, you know what, 
maybe this season is over for SGA. But if this is going to be a two-week scenario, he's out two weeks and he's fully ready to go and ramped up, then sure, you can go ahead and, and, and play him again this year. We don't know enough yet to know what this means for Shea's future this season. I will say that this is an injury that appears to be able to just flare up at any time. So like if he comes back, for example, in two weeks, he could play two games and boom, it flares up and all of a sudden he's out again. So I'm not sure if or how you balance that. Again, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not sure if there's a way that you can just ensure it won't linger. But I think that that's part of the risk of playing him again this year is that it could flare up again and that's cutting into your amount of time you can be resting him. With that clip I just played, you know as much as we know. So this is all speculatory. I think that the big thing, though, to convey is how serious of an injury this is. I know that there were some, even media out there, saying, oh, there's no way that SGA has plantar fasciitis. There's no way. Well, there is a way. Oh, he's dancing on the sidelines. Well, I I don't think that you can't move your body and dance a little bit when you have plantar fasciitis. I don't think that you can be immobile whenever you have it. I think that if you or I got plantar fasciitis, even we could walk to the next hallway over, walking down from the locker room tunnel, right? It's the act of playing NBA basketball. That's the problem with plantar fasciitis. You don't go in a wheelchair over plantar fasciitis. And if that's the case, then Darius Baisley was vigorously clapping on the sidelines and he has a shoulder injury. Oh my goodness, he doesn't have a real shoulder injury. No, this is all legitimate stuff here. And the Thunder have no reason to list him as something serious as that. Whenever you're playing in a season where you literally can rest guys without punishment, you've been doing without Horford. You can just put rest and be done with it and call it a day because the Thunder do not play on national TV. And those are now the only games where the rest rule applies. They could have said anything they wanted to, to, to not go down this path. And, and so this is a significant injury for Shea and it will cost him maybe the season, but maybe not. We're not really sure yet at this point in time, but we'll update you as soon as we know. And I know that one person was really attacking just pretty much everyone in the media. Like, oh, well, well why didn't he give you the time and, and, and the place of what this, which this injury occurred? Look, this injury is not like breaking your finger, right? You, you can't say, oh, I got the plantar fasciitis on play five of the Chicago Bulls game. No, it doesn't happen that way. It's, as Mark said, cumulative. It builds up and then it flares up and then it's something you can no longer deal with anymore. It's really kind of a pain tolerance issue for lack of a more educated way to explain that. But there's no funny business going on. Now, look, I've been the first to call out some funny business, but this this is not it. This is not funny business from Sam Presti or from the Oklahoma City Thunder. This initial injury and this initial listing is, we have to imagine, 100% legitimate. Now, maybe they're going to slow play him at the back end, and on the back end, maybe if we were a championship team, you could play him, but since we're not, let's just be 100% certain that nothing will go wrong. That way, next year, he is for sure 100% healthy. Maybe that will be the case on the back end, but on this front end right here, and for this specific game and moving forward in the intimate future, this is all legitimate stuff, and I just feel bad for SGA because he's having a heck of a year. And if that is the last of SGA that we see, just every Thunder fan should just be thanking him for what he's done this year as a really a beacon of hope of, okay, everything's going to be all right, right? We, we closed the last era of Thunder basketball officially last year and going into this year. But everything's going to be okay. Like it's, it's not, we're not turning into the Knicks over here or, or the Kings. Everything's going to be all right because you have SGA, you have Mark, and you have Sam Presti. You have that holy trinity of guys to where you're going to build a good team in an offseason or two and be right back uh, to the 
point of contention you were at in, in the recent history of this franchise, if not even on a better footing than that, as we'll talk about later on, about what Sam Presti has seemed to learn from that first experience. But coming up, let's talk about the trade deadline rumors and then get into this game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Have you guys heard of Sport Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like in real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your sports knowledge. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as players' values rise and fall based on two factors. Number one, one is their statistical performance from the last game compared to their projection fantasy points in that game. The more points they score, the higher their value goes. Number two is good old-fashioned supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with a huge upside or grab the blue chip vet who's always been a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle in your portfolio, rise in value. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch how it works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrack.com. Discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly revolutionary and evolutionary of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Do not sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action by going to sporttrade.com. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Listen, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on at betonline.ag. As you know, we bet on every single Thunder game at betonline.ag, and you use that promo code locked on, you receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And we'll find out how I did today, as I'm on a hot streak right now. At two for my last two on betonline.ag, did I go three for three today? We'll find out. But right now, I want to tell you about good friends over at the Locked On Today podcast. Listen, Today's the NBA trade deadline. You're going to have Sean Woodley on Locked On Today talking about the Raptors and how they control the fate of this NBA deadline. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, that's what's on tap for you today. Get more of the sport news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today podcast anywhere you get your podcast from, including the radio.com app. That is right. Today is the NBA trade deadline, and the Thunder might be heavily involved. You know that they'll trade away. George Hill, Justin Jackson's been receiving calls. Mike Muscala hasn't played in a long time. Justin Jackson did not play today. Neither did Mike Muscala. They're both DNP coaches' decisions. There's maybe a fantasy world where Al Horford can get moved, although I highly, highly, highly doubt that. And then Kendrick Williams. Kendrick Williams presents one of the most interesting names to watch at this deadline because he can add so much for a contending team. And he's 26 years old, and so he's kind of right in the middle. Does he fit the timeline? They did not fit the timeline in, in Oklahoma City. That's what you have to decide. And we got conflicting reports today from John Hollinger of The Athletic. He says, and the Lockdown Podcast Network on the Hollinger and Duncan Podcast, he says that 
teams are watching him and monitoring Kendrick Williams, and, and he's an under-the-radar name to watch. And then Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports, who's been on this podcast before, friend of the show, Keith Smith, he says that Kendrick is not being dealt, that, that he's not being dealt. The Thunder really like him and want to keep him past this year. And let me reiterate that we know nothing. Even though I respect the heck out of John Hollinger and Keith Smith, I respect both of them greatly. And they, they always do a great job reporting this stuff. But the conflicting reports affirm that we don't know anything right now. My money is still on. He does not get moved. But I, I posed the question way back on Sunday, talking about how you know, Isaiah Roby might make Kendrick Williams expendable this week. And then this morning, John Hollinger echoes that sentiment and that he's heard the same thing and puts that in the athletic. And then later that afternoon, after that athletic report came out, then Keith Smith says, oh, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. The Thunder want him long-term. This can all be a bargaining chip. The, 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 the Keith Smith report can be somebody saying, well, hold on, let's drive the price up a little bit of the Kendrick Williams trade because we're going to act like and posture like we want him long-term. And these reports... Uh, they're going to be right either way. You would be out of your mind if you think that the that the NBA and, and their 29 other teams, or actually 28 other teams because the Pelicans cannot reacquire him, but 28 other teams have not called Sam Presti about Kendrick Williams. Like somebody in that group, at least somebody, if not more than that, I'd, I'd reckon more than that, have called Sam Presti about Kendrick Williams. So that is a name to monitor if you're getting calls about him. And I know that, that they are because Kenny is just such a great player. Why wouldn't you call about Kendrick Williams? So that's going to be a true report, obviously, even if he doesn't get moved. And the Thunder viewing him as a long-term piece of the plan for now could be true unless they get an offer that they just cannot refuse and it changes their mind and alters the way they think about the future. Like both can be true reports to where this is why no matter what you say about Kenny Hustle, you're in the right. And that's why I say that Sam Presti is in a win-win scenario. If he trades Kendrick Williams, yeah, for a moment, you'll you'll think back of this fun season and think back of, of how he's already in a shortened year, half of a shortened year, stolen the hearts of Thunder fans. But you'll understand the move. You'll understand why he did it. If he does not trade Kendrick Williams, you'll be very happy and understand why he didn't do it. So you'll understand both sides. This cannot end in a head scratcher, which is always a win for the GM. And so the, the Thunder are in such a great position right now to where all we can do is sit back and watch. Again, I respect the heck out of Keith Smith. And his report came out later that said that he's not on the move. And again, if I put my money down right now at betonline.ag, I'd say that he's not going to get traded. Kendrick Williams is not going to get traded. But we don't know that for sure. Things can still change. Things will still change rapidly throughout the day. Sam Presti holds the cards, and we just wait for him to deal them. I can still see this going either way. And once more, justifiably so. That, that I, I can justify each decision he makes. Now, Kenny did play today. He played just under 20 minutes today. In this game against Memphis, what happened against Memphis? Well, we start the way we always do with the game overview. And SGA was out. We talked about that before. George Hill, of course, was out. Darius Baisley was out. Josh Hall was out. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. was out for Memphis. Mike Muscala, Justin Jackson, Darius Miller were DNP's coaches' decisions for the Thunder. Mark chose to go a little bit longer with the rotation to where Kenny Hustle was actually second lowest minutes played today only ahead of Svee Mikhailuke. And Svee played 18 minutes, 19 seconds. Kenny played 19 minutes, 13 seconds. So it was really just splitting hairs there. And that's the first standout of this game is the, is the lineups that that Mark used. I mean, at one time, Al Horford and Moses Brown on the floor together. I mean, just they went ultra big in this game with Poku out there as well with two big men. They did it all in this game. They tried everything, and they stuck to their plan. 
of roster exploration, which is something that this team has to capitalize on. You need to see where these guys are going to fit, how they're going to fit, and what kind of teams, what kind of teams you can build around them. Because if you, if you say, right, if you say draft Evan Mobley and you want him as the center, but you want to keep around Moses Brown, you're going to want to know if Moses Brown can play with a big man. Like things like that are going to be pseudo answered this year with all this exploration. So the lineups really interest me today. And that's something that that's one of the biggest storylines now, especially with Shea out to watch moving forward is how do they mix and match these different players and different types of players. And speaking of different types of players, I really want to point out what Sam Presti, I think is doing with Shea. And we'll talk about that in a second, but right now, I want to tell you about your friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, it probably had dial-up internet. It was a mess. Your landline would ring. Again, if you have a landline, tell me right now because I don't believe you. Your landline would ring, and then the internet would stop working. And all of a sudden now, you've got to reboot the internet and listen to that stupid dial tone and the dial-up internet. It was a disaster. But 20 years ago, whenever I was three years old, folks, you could have been going to RockAuto.com and finding all the parts your car would ever need online, delivered right to your door. RockAuto.com is incredible. And my favorite part about the website is I know nothing, nothing about cars. I can't even change a tire, folks. But what I can do is type on the computer and go to RockAuto.com and find all the parts my car will ever need so someone else can do it for me. And I don't need to know any sort of specs or measurements or any of that. All I have to do is probably make my model my year. That's all I have to know. My make, my model, my year put it in their database and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. Go there right now, rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the how did you hear about this box and then I'll do from there. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices. I'm going to tell you right now about our good friends over at the Built Bar March Madness Bracket. Built Bar, we've been telling you about them for so long. They're an amazing, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on the outside of every single bar. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Today's matchup in the March Madness Built Bar to try to crown the very best Built Bar and see which one goes all the way, which you can vote on at BuiltBar.com and you can vote on it on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. So there's a lot of different ways to get involved here with this Built Bar March Madness. Today's specific matchup, which I hope that you stuffed the ballot box yesterday for cookies and cream, by the way, but today's specific March Madness tournament head-to-head flavor of the day for BuiltBar.com is mint brownie versus coconut puff. I have to go mint brownie here. Mint brownie is a sneaky, sneaky underdog in this bracket. I really like mint brownie. So go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar on the market. Right now, let's take our good friends over at the Lockdown NBA Draft. Get more of the analysis and the top prospects reports that you need that are available right now of this year's draft class on Lockdown NBA Draft. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Lockdown NBA Draft for more coverage of this loaded, loaded NBA draft class. So what does Fee represent for the Thunder? Fee Mikhail Luke, what does he represent? He was in the Hamdu Diallo trade. Nobody really knew what to do with him at the time. He's kind of just on this qualifying offer next year where you can extend the qualifying offer to him. No one really knows what he what his future holds in Oklahoma City. And I still don't think anyone knows what his specific future holds. But I think that he represents something for Oklahoma City. I think that Sue Luke represents a changing of the guard for Sam Presti. That Sam Presti's no longer looking for these 
ultra athletic wings that are just have these immense wingspans and can play really good defense, but can't shoot and can't do the modern things of this NBA game. And Sfi represents that. Ty Jerome represents that. You're focusing on shooting. You're focusing on floor spacing. And whenever these guys are on the floor and you're seeing the offenses that Mark can run and the systems that Mark can run, especially whenever SGA was playing, and you're seeing what can happen, you have to envision all of this that's happening right now and all the good that's happening right now. You have to envision that with the fully loaded, fully upgraded roster, which is, of course, the plan of a rebuild. And so I'm not sure what Sfi Luke is going to represent. Right, Shima Kailuk may never play again for Oklahoma City after this year's over. But I know that he represents a, the bigger picture in Oklahoma City, the, the holding place, if you will, the, the placeholder for this style of play. And it has value for this team to be able to see that vision somewhat fulfilled this year and, and how they can adjust and plan moving forward. But he was really fun tonight. He was really good tonight. As was Ty Jerome, of course, who did win the money ball of the game, which I predicted he would. And so I was right on that after missing what felt like 20 straight money balls. But the effort was there in the first three quarters. This game was not a blowout the way that the scoreboard says it was. Uh, you know, they, they, of course, eventually fell 116-107, and it wasn't close at the end. But for the first three quarters, it was a really good game, and, and Poku looked more comfortable. And Mark had some glowing things to say about Poku that – really can be summed up with, with the phrase that he used, which is the pace. When you watch Poku, the pace that he plays with has really slowed down, and, and that's a sign that he's more comfortable, a sign that he's more confident, and a sign that he's understanding and processing the game a lot better than he was before the G League bubble. And, and Mark says that he's coming along, and he is coming along, and in this game, he shows you flashes of what kind of player he can be, that kind of great player he can be, which is a seven-foot playmaker that can do a lot of things like finish at the rim and play good defense and be athletic and be long uh, with his with his wingspan and, and disrupt passing lanes. And he can do all those different things as a seven-foot guy. He's 19 years old, the youngest player in the NBA. He has so much room to grow. He's been fun to watch now, but allow yourself real quick to imagine how much more fun he'll be in four years. So it's a four-year, five-year project in Poku. So even though it's really fun right now, it's only going to get better from here because you have to trust that Poku and the Thunder Developmental staff will do their jobs right and develop each other very greatly to where he's a really good player. Uh, the ceiling is the limit for Poku, and, and I think that we need to figure out the floor. I think that figuring out the floor right now is more important than the ceiling. What can he do really well that will be consistent no matter what he turns into, right? What is his niche? Is his, what is his niche in this NBA world? The same we do with Moses Brown, right? With Moses Brown, I think his floor is... Boban. It's a change of pace. Throw him out there. He's a high motor, big body. You know, whenever they zig, you zag with a small ball five. You throw him out there, change of pace, grab some rebounds, and spark your your team by ending possessions or, or regaining possessions. And so whenever you have a floor, you can make future plans. Is that somebody, if, if he only turns into Boban, is that someone you want long term? I think that for this specific team, with the with the cap sheet they're under and things like that that you would keep around Moses Brown because at, if, if he only hits the floor, that's still a contributing piece. And then his ceiling for Moses Brown, his tippity-top ceiling of everything in the world broke his way, I think is a starting-level center, which, again, how often do people reach their tippity-top ceiling? Not very many players do. Like, only the 1% of players do reach their tippity-top ceiling. So then you find out that Moses Brown will be somewhere in between those two spectrums, right? And, and so anything better than Boban 
is absolutely a good contributor for a team as a 22-year-old right now who fits the timeline. So Moses Brown, since you know the floor and have identified that floor, you know moving forward you want to keep around Moses Brown and keep him in this plan. Now, Poku is already in the plan. Poku is already a part of this core, a part of this future. But with Poku, you're not establishing the length of time you want him. You're establishing what you can count on him for and what his role might be as you start to plan out your team build. And the tricky thing is that this is going to be a four-year process in general with Poku. So we're not going to discover very much about Poku in general because he has so much room to grow and he is such a raw talent that it's unfair to judge him positively or negatively in this span right here. And so Thunder fans get to confidently sit back and say, you know what? Let's just admire the good and forget the bad because none of it matters for another three or four years whenever he's filling into his body, whenever he's the NBA player he wants to try to be. Like seven months ago, eight months ago, he's playing against YMCA competition. Now he's playing against John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies. It's a big leap for Boku that he's handling better than I think most people thought. Most people thought, remember, like whenever whenever there was me and other me and members saying, no, he's coming over this year, he's going to play this year. They thought we were crazy. And he's playing this year and starting this year. And so like he's handled the transition better than I think most people thought he would handle it. And that's been a, a good feather in his cap for what can happen moving forward for Poku. Lou Dort was absolutely incredible today defensively. I mean, John Morant had zero points in the first quarter, four points at the four-minute mark in the in the third quarter. Dort had some nice finishes, and, and, and he explained this after the game, but you can really tell that, like, it is kind of draining whenever you're guarding John Morant, an elite athlete like that, or any top scorer in this league, and then being asked to go and be the ball handler and the playmaker on the other end. That kind of drains you more so than a normal night. I think that Poku had some nice finishes and some nice moments where while the efficiency is not there, while the flashy numbers is not there offensively, you still saw some improvement in other ways in the box score. You saw him dribble better. You saw him set up his teammates better. You saw him finish and, and get crafty to the rim better in this game in little moments here and there to where there's still some positive takeaway offensively, but defensively, he was incredible. I mean, the couple blocks, a couple steals, all the deflections in the world. It felt like in the first quarter, he touched the ball on every single defensive possession. He touched the ball, again, on every single defensive possession. He was that good. He was incredible watching him play today. The MVP of this game is Moses Brown. He had the double-double in the first half of this contest. He looked really good in his minutes in this game. And Moses Brown continues to be the most intriguing part of this team because I think that with everyone else, you kind of know the story on them, right? Like, you know that with Poku, you can't really know the story for another four years, so why try? You know that with SGA, he's going to be your number one, or at worst, number two option whenever you're a title contender again. You know Tail Maldon is a part of this core. To what capacity? Probably a sixth man, but who knows what can happen with Tail Maldon, who was really a lot more assertive and aggressive tonight, which is really good for him to see, and for us to see him be kind of more confident and aggressive Tail Maldon was, despite the low efficiency from the floor. I think with Moses Brown, the reason why he's so intriguing is I would understand if you're still skeptical about him. I would understand if you're all in on him being a part of this future. I understand anything in between those two things. I do think that he'll be the third straight Thunder player to be converted from the two-way contract over the full-time deal. But past that, I don't know much about what to expect from Moses Brown moving forward. And that's why seeing him play 30 minutes a night is so valuable to this team. And that's why you'd rather give him those five extra minutes and play him those starter minutes than say Al Horford, who you truly did start today. You want to explore different things with Moses Brown. And the big thing in this game is that Moses Brown got one personal foul. Going up against Jonas Valanciunas is a big man that can do a lot of different things and can bait you into fouls. Moses Brown got one foul called on him. 
that's a sign of him being a more mature and a better defender with more awareness on the floor. So that's another step in the right direction from where he was in the early, early stages of his career here in Oklahoma City. The better the day outcome is Oklahoma City plus six and a half, and I miserably failed at that. Instead of six and a half, it was nine points in this game. So they really hurt me. I could have gone a perfect week if they would have cashed this in, but alas, they did not. Today is deadline day, the most exciting day of the year for the NBA. One of the most exciting days of the year for the NBA. Go get you some coffee, open up TweetDeck, open up all the tweet columns, especially mine, at Ryland underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Join the locker room hangout session for the trade deadline at 11.15 a.m. this morning on locker room. R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S over there as well on locker room. We will see you tomorrow with hopefully a lot of good trade news to talk about and reactions to, to be had about this trade deadline. So be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.